team you see is growing. Uh, is a team like who wanna be leading role in the games. Uh, they have everything. They have pace. They have quality. And in the first half, the problem what we lost the control it was like this. So in actions we can run, we lose the ball. The back four is still so far away. Contact with some players and Maximilian when he takes it, he can turn and run. You have to defend it with Eddie. You don't have another option. This was a little bit the problem that we had today in the game, but sometimes it happened. Sometimes it does happen, but I think it might be happening a lot more this season with Newcastle United. Pep Guardiola, full of praise for his opposite number in the Newcastle United bench following the 3-3 draw at the St. James's Park. Yes, they nearly called it by its old name there. We'll roll it back to St. James's Park. You know, that era's gone. We can roll it on now. Ollie Hopkins and Matt Furness joining me to help break down all the action from across this weekend's Premier League games. Let's start with that game yesterday at St. James's Park because, whoo, I tell you what, I think on that performance alone, and I know it's only one game and maybe a small sample, but there is absolutely no reason in my mind why Newcastle can't be battling for a top four spot. Yeah, I think so. I think performance yesterday, especially in the first half, um, showed why they can be contenders as well. But overall, their form this year in general, uh, I'd say Eddie Howe struggled a little bit when he came in, but he's been able to bring in some players into that team. Um, I don't know where they've got their money from. Um, but yeah, he's, he's strengthened that squad and they are now top four contenders, really. If you look at the uh, their record in 2022 so far, they've won the same number of points as Arsenal. That's 43 points. Uh, only Spurs, 48, Man City, 50 and Liverpool, 53 have won more points in the Premier League this year. Um, that's eight more points than Chelsea, albeit from a game more. Um, so it, it seems at the moment with Manchester United and Chelsea suffering a little bit with their form um, that Newcastle could be contenders for that top four place. But kind of you feel like Arsenal, Spurs, Chelsea and Newcastle are going to battle it out for two of those four places. You can't really look past Liverpool and Man City. Uh, that, those two will finish in the top four, but it's two other teams, isn't it? Um, and the way Newcastle are playing. And if also, if they're doing well by the time January comes around, then showing prospective signings um, that they are actually in with a really strong shout of getting Champions League football will help as well. Um, I don't think they finished their business yet uh, ahead of uh, the August transfer window as well. Uh, Xiao Pedro, obviously from Watford, uh, will be a really good addition um, to their squad, a really talented player who's got many uh, sort of skill sets and attributes that will be useful for Newcastle. Um, so I think they're looking good. Yeah, they look really good yesterday. And Man City had to be at their best in the second half to come back. Uh, and they showed why our predictor really shows them as, as I think, at currently as a prospective champions in the, in the Premier League. Um, thought their displays, particularly from Kevin De Bruyne, um, was really strong in the second half. Yeah, it's going to be interesting with this City side as the season rolls on. Pep had to talk in his post-match press conference about how Haaland is going to need a break at some point. Right now, in this point in the season, it's fine for him to play 90-minute games. They're only playing one game a week at the moment. But as we roll into that, when the Champions League really kicks off, that's going to stretch that City squad. And I think that's where something like Newcastle this season 
that's going to help them a little bit. They're going to have that chance to to get the squad back together, to get the fresh breath, to get the rest in the players' legs, especially in this weird Winter World Cup year, that maybe they're going to be a little bit fresher than those other sides who are having to compete on the European front as well as the domestic front as well. And especially with the way Newcastle played, and in particular, uh, St. Maximin, I thought was superb yesterday with what he did for, for the Magpies. Yeah, two assists, 21 carries, 17 of those progressive as well. He was a real threat for... Newcastle yesterday we know what threat he poses he's been a great player for Newcastle I think there's been question marks sometimes about his end product um but he's great to watch especially as a neutral um really powerful running style very direct was running as well and I think he gave Carl Walker a, a bit <laughs> of a I wouldn't say a torrid time but yeah he made his afternoon difficult um also worth noting that Newcastle's 1.8 one XG was the uh, most this year against Man City in the Premier League from non-penalty uh, situations as well. So that has changed a little bit after post-matching. We did have 2.02 yesterday, but yeah, that's uh, changed slightly. I think that that Newcastle obviously is strengthening the summer with players like Botman coming in from Lille, but they've also got players like Joe Linton now really progressing in that in that role in that central midfield role. Uh, Guimaraes is obviously a great player there as well. I really like Callum Wilson as well. I think he's a great finisher. Kind of underrated qualities, I think, for a, a Premier League striker. Um, and he, if he stays fit, which is often the question mark with Callum Wilson, then there's quite possibly a 20-plus 20, 20 goal a season striker there in the Premier League. Um, done it before. So, yeah, I think that they can get a good season out of Wilson, then yeah, top four could be a, another, uh, a real distant, or sorry, not distant, but a real possibility. And I think the problem with Wilson is that there'll always be this feeling that you can upgrade on Wilson. <laughs> so it kind of should make him want to perform. I, I don't know if he can withstand the pressure, but also knowing that they could spend unlimited amounts of money at any point in January to replace him uh, in, in the striker role should should help firing up, I think. I think what was interesting yesterday, you know, I'm not going to ever sit here and criticise Guardiola for anything to do with management, <laughs> um, but he made one sub yesterday and that was an enforced change. He brought um, Ake off and brought Diaz on for, for injury, um, but that was it. He's one of his five subs. Um, you've got someone like Mahrez on the, on the bench just sitting there. I think Newcastle made at least four, if not all five of their, of their subs. You know, bringing on fresh legs in the second half. Um, and it's just an interesting thing that the Guardia does sometimes. It doesn't use a substitute bench at, at all. And maybe it is because they're playing, you know, currently playing one game a week and he can afford to um, have players playing, you know, a, a full match. And he might change when Europe, European competitions come, come around. But um, that's that's curious uh, to me as an outsider. They only use one of, of, of the five particularly when they were chasing the game in the second half. It feels like one explanation for that could be that they had the momentum. So yeah. when when they obviously come back to 3-2 and then 3 all, changing it could have lost that momentum slightly. And yeah, I agree that maybe in the final 10 minutes or so, they could have made a change. Um, but they did look like they the most likely side to get the winner uh, with the, the side they had. But as you say, strength of the bench and... Belly, you must be worried about your uh, prediction of Alvarez finishing Premier League top goal scorer. I'm only slightly worried about it. 
I'm only slightly worried about it. Not 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 panicking too much at all. Because when when the European games roll around, it will be fine. I, I mean, and also obviously Newcastle are also going to be greatly helped all the time if VAR decisions keep going their way. Um, to put it very politely as well, uh, Matt and I had quite a discussion about this one yesterday uh, after it occurred. Still a red in my eyes, hundred percent. Not a red card. I'd be sent off every week in my Sunday league career if that was a red card. <laughs> I still think. I still think. He, I still think it was the spot on decision at the time. Uh, I know there'll be those who'll argue about it. It was cynical. It was a serious foul play in my eyes, um, and he should have stayed, stayed a red. But hey ho, we got to see Kieran Trippier play on the pitch a little bit longer, and he's seems again that move away to Atletico and then coming back, and he just looks back to the player he was kind of about 2018 odd just where he really sort of broke through. Yeah. He just looks, he's had that time in Atletico and now he's come back and just looks, dare I say it, an elder statesman in that team. Yeah, like, and I, I think obviously his threat from set pieces as well, his goal yesterday, oh. everyone loves a free kick that everyone thinks is going in the opposite corner, but then to direct it in the other corner with power as well, because I think Edison almost made a step in the direction yeah. he thought he was going to go in and that, ended his chances of being able to save that shot. Um, but yeah, great, great from set pieces, solid player as well, going forward from fullback. Um, always provided an outlet when he was at Spurs from, from a fullback position. So yeah, good signing. Um, got a good squad, Newcastle this season. So it's going to be interesting. I think it's, it's nice to see another side possibly troubling that top four. Um, we all like everyone has their own feelings about how they've done that um, mm-hmm. and how it's possible, but the competitiveness of the Premier League, kind of having a new side in that to worry the other sort of big six sides, is always quite fun to watch. Um, you you see the pressure start getting to certain managers like Tuchel and Conte, and things like that it's, it's always good. Well, one manager who isn't feeling the pressure so much at the moment is the only manager with a 100% record in the league this season. Mikel Arteta, Arsenal, sitting pretty at the top of the table. If last season was nothing, then this year might be all for them. It was another impressive performance for them against Bournemouth at the weekend. Uh, where do we want to dive into this one, first of all, Wally? Because there's quite a lot we can get into with this Arsenal team right now. Yeah, I mean, another great performance. I think it's probably worth talking about that first half, second half split. Um, I mean... In, in all three of their games so far this season, Arsenal have come out of the blocks absolutely firing. Um, and you can kind of see here, they've, they've completely dominated it in terms of shots for versus shots against. Um, you know, out shooting there, I'm sitting by, by 19 shots there. And, and the XG, again, reflects that, that story. So kind of what has been great to see has been a, a super far, um, kind of fast start. Um, and we've kind of, kind of almost putting the game to bed in the, in the first in the first 45 minutes. Um, what is perhaps a mild concern um, for for Arteta would be in the second half they have sort of lost control of of games slightly. Um, you can see you know almost equal for shots for and against, and the XG is far more equal as well. Um, and of course, while we, we must say that that's obviously to do with, with game state, like Arsenal have been have been leading um, in, in second half, going I think in all three of the games they were leading in the second half. So you know. They're not going to be pushing forward as much, and the opposition are, are going to be coming onto them. Um, you know, perhaps that's one area. If if we we're going to really picky, um, that Arteta would kind of want his sides to to kind of tighten up in that second half um, period a little, a little bit, bit more. And I think actually it's something he's he has said in um, he said he has said to the kind of team, you know, 
in, in half-time team talks, you know, guys, let's let's make sure we keep it tight um, because that have been have been kind of phases where they have gone off the ball a little bit in the second half. But um, yeah, as as a score, I think I think Jesus' game was was phenomenal. Um, I mean, his his play for the first goal where he bullied it to ten half, controlled the ball, turned, span him behind was 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 phenomenal, really. Um, and he really has added a kind of uh, extra star quality to that to that front three. Um, and yeah, I mean, obviously the whole side are in, in great form uh, at the moment. And um, yeah, look look really strong. It's funny Where do you think Rory comes that team, Ollie? Obviously, he's started playing again for the under twenty threes. Do you think he can fit straight into that team, or do you think he's going to have to be a bench warmer? I think bench warmer. I mean, Arteta's named the same starting eleven uh, in all three of the games so far. You know, one or three of the games, I see no reason why he would change that from his first choice um, team currently. I think as European competitions kind of come around, Smith and Robo will get a run out in, the, in those games as they, as they look to rest the likes of, of Saka, Martinelli, probably Odegaard as well. Um, so I think it's, yeah, I think that currently that, that 11 is, is pretty much set in stone um, as things currently stand. Uh, but great that someone like Smith and who had a great season last, last year is an option from the bench, um, but also can, can, can start in those midweek um, European games games too. What's it like for an for an Arsenal at the moment? Because obviously the last couple of years defensively has been a real challenge at times to watch, especially in the centre-half pairings. And all along in the background, there was a guy being put out on loan to Liga. We mentioned him in our Analyst 50 to kick off this season about someone who to really watch and see how he would bring to, what he would bring to Arsenal. I mean, obviously, fantastic goal for him. Great finish for that one as well. But also, the one thing we got that, that really got mentioned in the article is that this is a guy who's very comfortable on the ball. He wants the ball. He wants to be able to, to pass to teammates. And this weekend, William Saliba, well, he did exactly just that with a 100% performance. Yeah, I mean, I think what helps, I think what always helps um, Arsenal defensively this season so far is they've been able to defend with the ball. I mean, they've been so comfortable um, on the ball or all over the pitch, particularly at the back. And they've been able to kind of snuff out attacks and almost suffocate the opponents by just playing, by keeping the ball and, and kind of um, play, playing with it and not giving it away to them. I mean, this performance by Saliba was was, was fantastic. Completed um, all, all sets three of his passes, obviously got, got the goal um, and was generally just kind of phenomenal all over the pitch. I mean... He, he looks like a real a real gem in in that that back four he's he's quick as well um he kind of battled in a really good race with with Zahar in the first half and he was strong enough to kind of keep up, up with him and kind of um let you know let Zahar um delay and then kind of people came back to help him out so yeah he's he's been he's been fantastic um and I know Matt did some research as the kind of like the historical passing accuracy um you know players who have made all of their passes in in a game and he you know ranks highly in that in that performance ahead of Liam Britton <laughs> and, uh, and a few others he's eight yeah indeed Saliba is um eighth on this all-time list of Premier League it's probably worth I'm not going to scroll down too far for this one because I want you all to go to the analyst.com and make sure you have a read of this yourself so that you can uh, see who actually has the all-time record for the most number of 100 percent most number of passes to record 100% accuracy in the Premier League. That's the uh, phrasing I'm looking for there. But yeah, the one thing, Ollie, that you meant, didn't mention there about Saliba is something that Mikel Arteta mentioned in his post-match press conference. Delighted with the goal. Delighted with the song, seemingly, as well, disappointingly. But also delighted with one other key fact. 
and clean sheet, most important thing. For a defender, defend, clean sheet. If you score a goal, if you do that, that's a bonus. But uh, they are doing what they need to do is to keep that clean sheet every game. The boys were singing it already in the dressing room. It's a good song, to be fair. Yeah. It's not a good song. It's a terrible <laughs> song. <laughs> it's going to just earworm everybody. You wait, you wait till December when the darts rolls round. That's all you're going to be. It's going to be like the old mm. Yaya Colo chant, just on speed for for a little bit of time. Um, rest of the weekend's action. Um, some things that we want to pick up from Friday show. Obviously, congratulations, Alexander Mitrovic. Finally, a Premier League London derby winner. He even scored the winning goal in that one to make it extra special against Brentford as well. And I also mentioned that um, things slightly worrying for Leicester City if they walked away from their game this weekend without any points on the board. Once again dropping points from a winning position. Only actually Southampton have dropped more points from a winning position recently than Leicester City. But I think the pressure might be beginning to tell, to, 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 to put my words in my mouth, uh, to tell on uh, Brendan Rodgers. I don't want to put him quite on the hot seat yet. Uh, we are beginning to get the fire burning in the corner of the uh, studio here, just the managerial hot seat. We'll soon get some managers on there. Brendan is is moving into the warm zone. The arm is certain. The, the tan's improving. Because the, the thing with Rogers as well is it's not just this season. It's been it's steadily going downhill for a good eighteen months now. Um, I mean, the expectation when they won the FA Cup um, were challenging for the top six. Obviously, back to back Europa League uh, qualifications. It felt like. They were a club that if anyone was going to break into the top four, I know they won the title in 2015-16, but if anyone was going to consistently break into the top four, it was going to be them. Um, and then that pressure seems to have got to the club. They haven't been able to replace players they've lost. Um, there's now talk of Madison moving on. player, really. Um, yeah, they, they, it looks worrying for them. I think that it's one of those things that Roger's been a fantastic manager for them. Is a great coach. Um, probably won't last the season if you think about it. But then the worry then is like, who is going to replace him? Roger seems to have such a specific style of play mm-hmm. that anyone that will replace him, it could be like a really worrying time for Leicester fans. Um, I don't think they'll finish top half this season. I think there's 10 things better than them. Um yeah, looks worrying for them. You you think that a team like Southampton at home, a game like Southampton at home, they're the games you should be winning um, and should not definitely not be losing once you're you're ahead in them. Um, not looking good, no. No, I'm worried for the foxes. I do, I do, I do think yeah. it's uh, especially if Madison departs. Now we are just merely a week and a bit away from the transfer window closing. I know Brendan has said that so far the bids on the table would only be able to afford his left peg at this rate. But he does feel like Leicester, if the right money was put in front of them, they would have no shame right now and just go, nope, it's time to cash out. Maybe accept a couple of seasons where you're only finishing only finishing 12th, 13th in the Premier League and maybe just rebuild with a bit of transfer recruitment and such like. But is that going to be enough? Uh, we know what football fans are like on the whole. Um, it does feel like even if that was the club's philosophy, there would be calls for Brendan to be fired. And I do think that I, I, as I say, he's moving towards the hot seat. He's not in it yet. I think there yeah. are, but they're, they're also in that group of clubs where you probably consider 
Villa, Southampton. The, the two other managers on the hot seat. The three managers yeah. on the hot seat. Those four clubs. And have to worry when you think about how much money Forrest have spent that they could possibly do quite well this season. Fulham have made a really good start. I had a really good coach in charge. Bournemouth, yeah, probably not Bournemouth. Um, but <laughs> two, two teams there. That means that two relegation spots could be up for grabs for non-promoted sides. Who will it be? Because it, it kind of you don't you don't see a, a Brighton or Palace falling down there. There could be an established, like big established Premier League club. And I know Villa have spent some time in the championship in recent seasons, and I'm not saying they're going to go down, but it's a, it's a time to worry. I mean, at the start of last season, no one had predicted Everton to be in the trouble they were in. No. Um, and they haven't started well. They haven't been able to recruit players they want. They're still desperate for a striker. Calvert-Lewin looks like you're probably only going to get 10, se- 10 games a season out of him. Um, those sort of teams should be worried this season, I think. Um mm. It's a long way to go yet, but it's not looking great for teams like Everton and Leicester and Villa. I think I think with with, with Leicester, if you look at the the sort of the spine of their team that has been with, with, with them and, and been so important for you know past six seven years, Schmeichel moved on. They've mm. had centre half issues for for a long time now. Um, with you know. So, so you, you know, now seems to be seems to be fourth, fourth fifth choice centre back. Um, in the stands, Fana, you know, moving on. Um, indeed, he's not been the same since a couple of injuries. Um, he was so important for them uh, in the kind of indeed he has. Um, and 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 Vardy. I mean, Vardy's Vardy's old. He's you know another year older. He's still a still a threat, but you know so they need someone like Patton Dacker to to really kind of kick on this year, I think, and um, look at, yeah, really kind of retooling that that spine of that squad. Um, what you say I, about Schmeichel there is really important because he's a leader from the back. Exactly. He's a winner. He's won the Premier League. He's won the FA Cup. They've experienced those kind of things. For a player like that to leave the club is always, it was kind of a little bit brushed under the carpet as well, wasn't it? It was kind of like, oh yeah, Cassius Michael's leaving. It was, it was a, yeah, a bit worrying how that went for Leicester, I think. Yeah, it wasn't even like he had fallen off a cliff with his performances either, Casper. It was, no. it was just felt like it was an end of a contract, and they were just like, "Yeah, okay, thank, thanks, for what you did." He's a strong like, character, like along with that yeah. sort of like Vardy kind of character as well. Um, yeah. It you need those characters in the dressing room when the going gets tough, and you you yeah. worry that that voice has been lost. Well, hopefully it's not a problem for them. We're going to talk to another talk about another club who are struggling at the moment, Manchester United. Delighted to say that. Not bottom of the table anymore. West Ham United saving them courtesy of goal difference. But who knows after tonight's game at uh, Old Trafford. Uh, worrying times for Eric Ten Hag. Could become just the second Manchester United manager to lose their first three league games in charge of the club. Um, it's been a long week of preparation for this game. He's possibly helped a little bit by Liverpool still being without certain strikers. It sounds like Luis Diaz is going to play a sort of false nine role, it seems like, for, for Liverpool in this game to really try and throw something different at United from what Klopp's saying in his uh, pre-match press conferences. We've we've pretty much done this game to death as a preview, I think, across all sorts of things. So just I've already made my prediction for this game. Uh, I think it's going to be a poor nil-nil draw. I don't see anything but that. I still don't see anything but that. I think these two sides... Oh, you're going thrashing, right? Yeah. I I think, actually, Nunez being out of the sides can help Liverpool. I think having those 
United are so bad at tracking those sort of like deep running attacking players through the gaps. Um, when you've got players like Diaz, Jota, Salah coming, I just think it, an early goal and we could see another four or five here. Um, I just I just don't think United defensively are anywhere near good enough against these clubs. There's also, I think the problem with United, they've got that mentality against these teams. They go into these games like worrying up what is going to happen. Like if, if Liverpool at the top of their game, like, and especially if there's an early goal, as I said before, like with that mentality start playing me like, here we go again. Um, it doesn't seem that Ten Hag's managed to change that mentality at all. I know he's trying to change the way they play and it takes time to, to get that, but losing your first two games against Brighton and Brentford and in the fashion they did against Brentford, all eyes are going to be on them. There's a lot of pressure on them tonight. Um, and it doesn't matter that they're playing Liverpool. United fans expect something uh, to happen. They, they expect a positive reaction to what's happened so far. If you were to lose again, especially heavily, I, I, I fear for United and their top six aspirations this season, even, think, even though we're three games in. Yeah, yeah. No, and I think that's probably why I think for this game, Ten Hag is, is, is going to probably put his, his principles probably out on the back burner for just for one match. Um, and play pragmatic, really, and, and almost just say, look, we're 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 going to play scrappy. We're going to probably play more direct, um, and we'll probably take a nil-nil, probably yeah. more kind of a, a, a one-nil loss. Well, clean sheet you, against Liverpool. That's, that'd be a fantastic result. Yeah, so I imagine they'll try and scrap up a little bit, muddy the midfield, play direct, and probably play you know in a fairly low block, um, and not really expose the likes of De Gea. Maguire on the ball too much against Liverpool's kind of rampant pressing front front three. I think probably for for this match, he'll he'll go a little bit more streetwise um, and almost kind of try to fight. As you say, like it's got to be a basic performance where you literally (laughs) be have that structure, as you say, like a low block, stop Liverpool from playing. It's it's gonna be ugly. Like it's got to be ugly. But they and they've done that in the past when. Things have been going against them. Away at City, a couple of times, they've they've pulled out these performances where you didn't expect anything and they've managed to sneak a 1-0 win or a draw. Um, and there's no reason why that can't happen again. They do have players in attacking positions that on their day can cause any team problems. But that's the problem. It's always on their day and that there's not enough of those days. And it's a similar story for a lot of Man United squad. Um, but as you were saying, like it's got to be ugly from United today. Um, they're not, they don't. They're not going to outplay Liverpool. There's no way they're going to be able to do that. So I don't want to say the word, but it goes with S and ends in house. They've got to do that against <laughs> Liverpool. There, I think. I think just to put some numbers on on that. So Liverpool, um, their PPDA. So how many passes they allow the opposition um, to play before they make a, an action against them on, on the ball is six point eight, which is by far the lowest of any team this season so they are pressing the most aggressively of any of the teams so I think if if United can keep with the trend of mm-hmm. playing short in the back short goal kicks inviting that pressure on, to, on, on them that's going to be disastrous you feel at the moment yeah 6.8 okay Chelsea are also quite aggressive as, as well um, but of course it's still the still the lowest um, so you yeah you feel that that is going to be a dangerous dangerous game to play um, with that kind of aggressive aggressive press. 
Still see it nil nil, lads. I think I think you've got this built up. This could be this. I just see this. I think Matt's right. The S house is going to come into action, and I think you're just going to see Liverpool grow frustrated at not being able to break down United. United not offer a lot forward, and I think right now, I mean, obviously Ten Hag will be delighted to shake hands and walk away with a nil nil draw, but I just don't. I think people are getting misty eyed about old United Liverpool games, and I just don't see this one being one of it. It's Far too shady for that at this time. I think United need to make it into one of those games, though, don't they? It needs, to be, it needs to be a proper derby where they, they get the crowd on their side, putting some tasty tackles early on, yeah, um, and let Liverpool know that they're not going to be bullied uh, in that game. I don't think they'll do that, but <laughs> that's what they should do. <laughs> it should be that, but the chances of it being it, who knows? Right, in a minute, we're going to hear a little bit from Louis Saha. We... Uh, our great team in the news team here at Stats Perform were able to catch up with the former Manchester United striker. He's going to give us his thoughts on the game. But before then, just make sure you are diving across to theanalyst.com. We have got plenty of great content for you on site today. Uh, we've got an update on the race to be the youngest players to play 100 Premier League games. That's following uh, Bakayo Saka and Phil Foden reaching the target this weekend. Ollie, we promised you on the show Friday that there was going to be a deep dive into Manchester United's goal kick routine. That is now live on the site. As you can see, Lissandra Martinez taking more goal kicks than many other outfield players. And Ollie, of course, you know what you can expect from an Ollie Hopkins article. Lots of great tactical insight in there. Also worth keeping your eyes on our updating content that's always going around as well. Uh, Premier League assists. Kevin De Bruyne up to 89 now. That's right. So he's overtaken James Milner. How quickly will he race into 100 there and of course make sure you're following across all our social media accounts as well tiktok instagram youtube the works all there for you right then thanks very much for joining us once again on the day-to-day -day live on behalf of ollie and matt we will see you hopefully on friday as we look forward to the weekend's premier league action and probably a little bit of reaction to the champions league draw that takes place on thursday as well half an hour's time set your watches by fa cup Preliminary round one tie is round two for the prelims. First qualifying round. Come on, Hitchin Town. Come on, Basingstoke Town. Got the old, you know, the Dragons are out at the moment. They're going to get excited for this one as that falls down. That's painful. Big 6 0 victory for Basingstoke Town at the weekend over uh, Livington at Brockenhurst, just to really confuse anybody who knows the South Coast. Making up teams. <laughs> <laughs> Regen teams are for Yeah. <laughs> Hey, I've still been yeah. accused that Mr. Fistalinga is a regen player. Two goals in three games in Liga. Might know no. what I'm talking about. Don't know what I'm talking about. I mean, that's fair to say. One man who does know what he's talking about, though, Louis Saha. Here's his thoughts ahead of United versus Liverpool tonight. And we will catch you on Friday, guys. Until then, take care. Bye-bye. It's going to be a surprising game. I think uh, we've seen Liverpool not playing at the same level. Um, there is some question about uh, uh, about how they started, um, the money departure and all that's always interesting. I think it's a good opportunity for Manchester United to react. Um, yeah, it's, it's more or less for me, again, a very important uh, 30 minutes. If uh, the Manchester United doesn't provide, as I said, a good fight uh, with the whole contest uh, through the, through the, the pitch, uh, they can be destroyed as uh, any team uh, against Liverpool. Uh, if they, 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 they find the right kind of spirit that they had during preseason, it could be an amazing game to watch.